0: 411 Live. Where well, you
1: can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411 Live.
2: Real people, real talk.
1: Made to help people in our community in every way. For your 411 Live.
2: The average sex trafficker has five girls making about $100,000 annually. High end traffickers are making millions. They have young men, women, and even children. It's a form of modern day slavery, and many of them like to brand their property. This is a serious topic. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is the 411 Live Real People, Real Talk. We are embarking on an endeavor, a multi part project to bring attention to sex trafficking, human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking, and also the healing process from the trauma that it causes. Our main goal is to bring awareness and to increase the discussion about this issue because we think it is very, very important. Well, today we're going to talk about trafficking and specifically about tattooing, and branding. And I have some very special guests with me. Three of them, in fact. And I want to introduce you to them. Now, Juan Bucio. Bucio. Did I say it right? You did. Okay. Wonderful. And you are the owner of Laser. Oh, I have Laser Phi Tattoo, correct? That is correct. And where is that?
1: Uh, that's located off of 35th and Forest Home.
0: Okay,
2: very good. We also have Nikki Hughes, Serenity Inc. And where
0: is that? Yeah, it's off of 51st and Howard.
1: Okay, thank you for
2: joining us. Of course. And we have Laura Johnson, who brings a personal perspective to this whole topic. So I thank you for joining us too. Thank you. All right. I was talking about it being a form of modern day slavery when you think of um, tattooing, branding. Now, tattooing in itself, I mean, you walk around, everybody has a tattoo. Uh, but the reason for the tattoo is very different when it comes to sex trafficking. And Laura, I want to start with you because you do have that personal perspective. Okay. Tell me, first of all, how old were you when you were sex trafficked? I'm 14. That's young. Yeah,
3: I was 14.
2: And so in that process, where did the tattooing come into play um i got branded in chicago really yes and at what age i was 15 you were 15 I was about 15 what is the process of that he if, I'm, I'm assuming the trafficker is a man yeah okay so he says let's go get a tattoo or how how did that come about
3: no we just went and got um went to a regular shop um where they were doing tattoos mm-hmm. um Back then, nobody was looking out for like human sex trafficking survivors or victims or whatnot. Um, and it was a male that did the tattoos, and so it was about six of us that got tattoos. um each one of us had um the barcode with the um with a number um, and basically for the bar the barcode personally, you know like how when you buy things right. Those are like a product to be sold, like, so you can be sold over and over. That's what the barcode means. Um, So, yeah, it was just a regular tattoo place where we went and got tattoos. And my tattoo out of everybody's tattoos was really, really lightly because I was very, very defiant, Uh Um, extremely defiant. Um, I knew that what he was doing wasn't right, and I knew that I wasn't supposed to be getting a tattoo. Even though I didn't have permission from my mom, I just knew that I didn't want that. You know, that ain't something that I wanted. And I knew that my first tattoo would be something that is meaningful.
2: Okay. Now, now we definitely know what the barcode is. I mean, when you go to Walmart or whatever, it's scan, scan, scan. At 15, did you really, did you know the significance of that barcode? No, not until after I got out of trafficking.
3: Honestly. I didn't really know the meaning of that tag until I was like 24 years old. Like, by the time I got it covered, I was about 21, 22 when I got it covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 33 now, so I've been having my... I had it covered for a while now. Right. Um, I didn't even know that I was trafficked, even when I got out of traffic. And I, like I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know that... I didn't know any of that, um, personally because there was no like help for like survivors or there was no groups or there was nobody talking about it um there was n- nothing out here like it is now,
2: yeah, yeah, so when you had that tattoo and you said there were like six of you that went in, yeah. at a time, so everybody had a different number or the yeah, it was a different number. the numbers were like the
3: day that, the day that he met you and like a, um. The number, my number, (laughs) um, I don't even really like to talk about that because it's something like that I'm kind of like covered and like healed from and moved past Yeah. and now I got a butterfly. The numbers is like the basically the time that he met you. Right.
2: Right. So you knew whether or not you knew exactly what the bar, sorry about that, whether or not you knew exactly what the barcode was, you knew it was, you know, his
3: I knew that it wasn't kind of right, and why? Why are we getting the same thing but different numbers? Yeah. And at the time, I didn't even realize what the number was. Mm-hmm. Like I really didn't, and it clicked in my head. Like this is around the same time that I that we met. It didn't click, and it like I didn't realize any of this until I I became an adult yeah. out of trafficking, um, until I found out that I was really that I had really survived trafficking, um, because I thought it was like more of a prostitution sting or. Or like I was part of like this big bust or, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I, I didn't know that I didn't realize any of this stuff
2: until I got became an adult. Right. Right. When you um, at 15 as a teenager, you knew you didn't like it. No, no, didn't like it. No. So where was it? It was on the back of my neck. OK. Yeah. So what would you say when a person saw it? commented on it or asked you about it?
3: Well, personally, I always were long-, long here because of the lifestyle. So not that many people outside of the life of trafficking didn't, didn't know that I had the tattoo. Like, I don't even think some of my cousins realized I had the tattoo, honestly. But I know that my little sister did because my little sister was with me when I got it covered.
2: The other question that I have for you was, knowing that you didn't like it, Knowing that he made you guys do it, knowing that it was instituted by him, he initiated it. How did that thing make, I mean, when you look in the mirror or how did it make you feel? It made me
3: feel humiliating. It made my self-esteem low. It made me feel like I was nobody. It made me feel like I couldn't make decisions on my own. It made me feel powerless. It made me feel hopeless. Um, I, I didn't feel like anybody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That that whole branding thing, I mean, that goes back. You think of slavery and yeah. um, you think of branding a cow or a horse or, you know, your stable. And, and that, that whole thing, it's a whole psychological thing, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you two, bringing you into the conversation as well, one, um, I know that... You started your business almost two years ago, is that right?
1: The venture started about two years ago. About two years out, ago, yeah. okay.
2: And shortly after that, you met a victim of sex trafficking. That is correct. How did that happen?
1: So um, an organization reached out to me and asked me if, uh, if I'd be willing to give them a discount. And at the time, I thought, sure, why not? It, no problem. What what are you looking for? And they wanted about 25%. And I said, sure, that's, that's fine. I'd gladly do it. So uh, when they sent in their their first victim, um, and, and I shouldn't say victim, survivor, uh, they came in, and obviously I I knew who it was because it was being referred. Um, mm-hmm. So they came in and uh, and she had to fill out some paperwork, and we started to talk, and um, and she was very open about uh, you know what was going on, and she was very. Uh, nervous and at the same time seemed like she was excited to, to yeah. get this started and um, so then we went into the treatment room and I looked at it and I don't ask questions like why did you get it you know why are you getting it off anything that's that's none of my business you know so um, so when we uh, when we began I, I just told her that uh, it was a little dark and um, a little aggressive and it had already some scarring so I told her that uh, you know that because there's some scarring after I remove the tattoo, you're still going to see some of that scarring. And I showed her with a light the actual uh, bump that you can see on the tattoo, and uh, and and then that's when she just uh, started talking and and the story that she told me blew your mind. It 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 absolutely pierced me, and I remember thinking there's no way I can accept this money. Um, she has, you know, bills to pay. She has, you know, to put food on the table for her and her children. And she's lost her job three times now because, um, they have what's known as triggers, um, moments where they all of a sudden start feeling like, you know what, they're about to be kidnapped and taken back and, you know, beaten and put back into this, uh, into this trade. So, um, and because of that, you know, she keeps losing her job because she just is trying to figure out how to rehabilitate herself back into society. So I, I couldn't accept any money. So from there and thereafter, I um, I decided, you know what, Legify will not be charging for uh, for for victims um, or survivors of human trafficking. So then, I think the. Uh, and well, I, I want to reach out to as many people as possible, but the, I think the hardest thing that we're having now is person to person referrals. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are coming to Laserfide saying, "Hey, you know, we we heard you, you know, you do a free tattoo removal for um, survivors. You know, I'm a survivor and I have some tattoos that are associated with it, and I have to point them towards an organization. You have to go to to an organization and uh, you have to go through them because I can't take person to person referrals because there's no way for me to verify right one way or the other if it's if it's true but if they go through an organization uh it's more likely that they are truly uh survivors
2: wow that is that's that's amazing so i i can just imagine um being a male too uh hearing this story i had you ever heard anything like this before
1: the, the story it's almost like a movie you know it it's like this is impossible this doesn't really happen in real life you know mm-hmm. and and it it it's happening in real life right. you know to to think that somebody can uh, can have their security their 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 well-being taken from them where they no longer feel human because they feel like they're a piece of property and there's nowhere they can go there's no one they can run to everybody says well you put yourself in, in that situation which is what she said that uh people would say that's Uh, that that's just unacceptable in today's society that just uh, it's unbelievable that it's happening
2: yeah i'm sure when you tell your story laura people are going yeah that's why i'm i'm just doing a
3: documentary and just putting it out there and then they can call me later
2: right (laughs)
3: Because it, yeah, it gets help for women.
2: And just to let you know, Laura is part of a docuseries that is part of this multi-part project that I mentioned. And it takes you into the world of sex trafficking and, you know, through her personal story. So that is courageous for you to even do that. And we thank you because I'm sure you're going to help a lot of people. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. So stay with us.
1: The 411 Live. Your link to information. And now, here's your food for thought. Who's ever wanted to be a pimp? The sad truth is, a pimp is not all money and glamour. There's a cost. The cost of young men and women you steal from their homes, the screaming children you take from their mothers, selling them off to go make money just so you can spend, have you no shame. They are people. People you are forcing to do as you tell them. Where to go and who to lay with, As you sit and count your money, it's so sweet to you. The thought never crosses your mind. What if that was my child? My son. My daughter. You don't stop and think about them to you. They're a product. Waiting to be bought and rented. You care little for them. You risk prison. Risk death. Because of what? Money? You'd be killed for money. Shame. You would go to prison. Give your life away for money. Not me. I'd rather give it for my family. Protecting my kids from you. Who wants to be a parent? Knowing all you must give
3: up for money, would you still say yes?
0: For more information, visit the 411live.org. Parents, it's time we opened our eyes to a huge issue happening right in front of our faces here in Milwaukee. That issue is sex trafficking. We might think this would never happen to us or even our friends and family, but it's actually closer than you think. Traffickers are targeting our youth and finding people who seem vulnerable. They do this just to take the innocence they have away from them. Sex trafficking is a non-stop growing issue in Milwaukee, and that's why we need to come together and get educated about sex trafficking. Let's keep our family, friends, and youth safe in Milwaukee and open our eyes to the signs of sex trafficking. For more information, visit the411live.org.
2: Welcome back. We are talking sex trafficking, tattooing, and branding. I have three guests with me. Uh, one Busillo. He is the owner of LaserFi Tattoo Removal, Nikki Hughes, Serenity Inc., and Laura Johnson, who brings that personal perspective because she was forced to get a tattoo. Now, We got a little bit of Juan's story, how he got into this and started removing tattoo from sex uh, traffic survivors. Nikki, um, you were listening to Laura's story. Yeah. And Laura talked about covering up that barcode. And she has a beautiful butterfly on the back of her neck. And that's what you have started to do, cover tattoos?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: So how does that work? How, you know, they come in and they just say... You got to do something with
0: this. (laughs) That's honestly how the conversation starts about 90% of the time. Yes. Um, Yeah. Basically, um, people come in. um, We take walk-ins off the street um, or we do appointments too. Um, It just kind of depends on, you know, the day and the tattoo, honestly. Um, For cover-ups, it does take a little bit more work and a little bit more thought being put into it being, you know, with it being – you know, covering an existing piece, you want to make sure everything fits in the right spots and, you know, covers where it needs to. Um, But the main thing is, is especially with cover-ups, is you don't want it to be just like a stamp right over it. You want it to have like, you know, some flow to it and be able to not really tell that there was anything underneath it um, to begin with, even kind of distract from it. So.
2: I know when we were talking on the phone, and um, you were saying that you think, you know, you've seen uh, sex trafficked victims or survivors coming through. But like Juan, you're not having that conversation. You're not asking them, uh, why do you want this tattoo covered? So because that's their personal story, whether or not they tell you that doesn't matter. But for both of you, I just wonder, what do you get out of this?
0: I mean, for me personally, it's it's not about what I get out of it. I am more concerned about helping them along the healing process. You know, just to be a part of that is is humbling in and of itself. You know, the fact that they're going to trust yet another person with their body after it's been, you know, violated or, you know, they've lost that trust before. So it can be a very emotional and a very moving thing, you know, getting rid of something that's so has such significance to that person um just being able to help them along the way is is awesome
1: yeah how about you on um for myself um it I, i think it started immediately uh with that first survivor um you get an immediate sense of gratification when you do it you see the excitement on their face you see how um how excited they are the next time they come by, and it's faded out even more, and they're starting to see it leave more and more and um and so for me it's just a it, it's just an immediate gratification for the work that I do to see the reactions that uh that my clients have um, when I do the treatments
2: yeah have you seen any tears
1: um that that first one um it, and she misinterpreted when you get a tattoo removal um, or treatment you have what's known as frosting. And that makes the tattoo look very light. So immediately she thought, oh my God, it's immediately starting to disappear. And then the tears started to come. And I, I thought it was because she was in a little bit of pain. And I, I said, I'm sorry, did, did it hurt a lot? And you know, she kind of wiped her tears. She said, no, it's, it's just, I'm erasing a part of my past and I don't have to look at it anymore. And that was piercing, you know, and then you see that and you, you can't help but to become emotional. Like it just, you can't help but to become emotional to see the trauma that they've went through. And uh, just to have a treatment like that being removed means so much to them and you can be a part of them immediately impact their life. Yeah. it's It's fantastic.
2: That is special. Laura, how was it when you got that Butterfly? Well, I felt free. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah.
3: So I got the butterfly. I always loved butterflies. Um, Even as a kid, um, I loved butterflies. And for me, I would always say, well, if I could be anything in the world, I'd rather be a butterfly because I could fly. I don't have to worry about talking to nobody. I could just be beautiful and just keep it moving, basically. And so that was just a symbol of free, being free. Um, And that's what it
2: means to me. So yeah, I got a butterfly. That moment when that person finished that butterfly and said, "Here's the mirror.
3: Take a look." He did a lot more than what he what I thought he was going to do cuz then he added some stars like <laughs> down my arm. Like he was so happy to be able to do it. Um then I found out later on down the road, bro, he was my cousin on my father's side, <gasps> which was really cool, right? Oh my God. So, which was really cool because I'm like, it's a small world, and it was crazy how I ended up finding. I'm like, he was the same person who did my t- tech, tattoo, and it was it was my cousin on my father's oh, side. Wow. So, um, and that's where God led me. God led me to him to do it. Um, I had been looking at his work for a while, um, and then I also took someone with me. Um, to Your get sister. it done, I took my little sister yeah. with me. So she was the one that was with me um, when I got it done. Did she help help you pick it out? Um, no, I instantly knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted a butterfly. I instantly knew what I wanted. And by my tattoo being super light, he was like, that's perfect. I mean, I can be, a, it can fit. It's perfect. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, because otherwise I would have had to get a butterfly somewhere else. And then I probably would have ended up with something crazy back there <laughs> that I didn't want. <laughs> so I was grateful for that.
2: Have you seen a lot like, well... Like the other five, who ended up with the barcode, how do they still have the barcode? Have- Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know
3: if they still have the barcode. Um, we was from different places, so mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't get the chance to like say bye or see them again. But I'm hoping as this moving movement continue, I hope I get the chance to see them. Again, because I hopefully they got out of the life and made it out, yeah. And so I'm hoping that one day I will see them again. I think that I think that's gonna be. Ha- I think that's possible. I think it's gonna happen. That's great.
2: I just haven't ran into them yet. That's great. So yeah. Yeah. Do you run it, because I know that you are an advocate. I mean, you're speaking has speak. You have speaking engagements, uh, spreading the awareness of sex trafficking. Do you run into a lot of women or survivors who have? tattoos or brands
3: yes and i also ran into a couple of them that also was doing a laser remover and a lot of people that got them covered up okay so yeah
2: yeah so that are they all saying the same thing you are it's freeing
3: yeah it's um it feel like you basically gain some type of strength of your life back Mm -hmm. you gain some sense of um of ownership yeah i gain i i'm i'm my own owner of me Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so yeah
2: so say you have a scenario where a trafficker comes in, two, three girls wanting the same tattoo. What's the red flag of you knowing that that's a trafficker and that's what he's doing? I would say where
3: they're getting the, um, the tattoo at, um, how big it is, um, what what is it. Um, I would say what to do about it, the solution realistically I would try to talk to one of the girls on one-on-one. I wouldn't even try to call the police because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how, like, if, if my mind is playing tricks on me, I would really try to like talk to one of the girls while I'm tattooing, them. let them know, like, is this something you want to? And sometimes you really just have that notion, Mm -hmm. you know, some things you just know, like, is red is red. You know, you know that's red cuz it looks red, right? So things like like you really your inner self will will tell you. Your inner notion will let you know that this is not right. I probably would like honestly me, knowing who I am, I would probably probably would call the police on the side but act like um but make sure I keep my identity closed, you know, just to see if they like and let them know what's going on. Um, I would try to get a license in place if they're in a vehicle. Um, I would try to get as much description on this mail as possible. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that that I would do if I was in that same environment. And if a guy walked in with three, two or three girls all wanting the same tattoo,
2: those are some of the things that I would do. So just the idea of somebody wanting the same tattoo is a red flag. Most people want different tattoos. I wouldn't say that
0: necessarily, just because there are a lot of people that come in with groups, you know, that want tattoos with their friends or with Mm -hmm. their family. And they're doing
3: some wild stuff.
0: For sure. For (laughs) sure. And, you know, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't say it's a red flag just to get matching tattoos. But like you were saying, um, just as far as like placement and as far as the subject matter, um, you know, those are some things that you can definitely look out for and um, keep an eye out for any of those little red flags that you'd mentioned. What
2: are the placements that um, a sex trafficker
3: might a l- prefer? A lot of quotes are on the back, on their back. Um, not so much the arm. A lot of the quotes are on the back because they want it big. Um, they want it loud. Um, a lot of the tattoos are on the neck. Um, some of them are on the arm. Some of them are on the legs. Um the most obvious place is the neck.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The most obvious place. On the back of the neck? On, on the, the back. back. Yeah.
0: And like you mentioned, you said it was about ownership too, yes. right? You know, they like to implement their name somewhere, yeah. or their initials somewhere, you know, those, those little red flags that you're like, okay, why are you getting this person's name tattooed on your chest when you've only known them for a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's little things like that, where, like you said, you just have to really trust your gut. And as a tattooer, you know, you do have that say in whether or not you're going to follow through with this. You don't necessarily have to put this on that person just because they're here, you know, and even if, you you know they okay you tell them no, they could go to another shop. However, you told them no and you're making it harder for them to even, you know, get to that point. So by you saying no and just kind of deterring it, I'm sure it would help the situation. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just having that that stopping point,
2: that hesitation in there. Definitely may make people think. Think twice. Yeah. Mm.
0: Definitely. Maybe.
2: Maybe. So when you guys, because you're helping to change lives Making a difference, hearing her talk about what that means, what kind of thoughts are going through your head?
1: Well, I I think it's fantastic. Um, I think uh, like when she was saying that she hopes to run across other survivors, uh, that that's fantastic. That's that's the end goal of uh, you know everything that you want to do is to help uh, those that are in need just get out of where they're at. So uh, hearing that you can't help but the but the smile you can't help but to, uh, to yeah. shake your head like wow that's that's great that's fantastic um i wish there were more stories like that but uh you know um i i it's when when you start talking about human trafficking i think a lot of people um don't even aren't even aware how bad it's gotten in Milwaukee and those that i've talked about uh, or talked to they have no idea where to begin, how to help, how to how to participate and be a part of, you know, uh, being proactive as opposed to mm-hmm. reactive. Everything that I'm doing is a reactive action. Um, I'm doing something that's after the fact that uh, that has already happened. You know, so I would love to be on the other side, mm-hmm. being proactive and preventing that from being there. Um, so it it it's I, I, ever since this has happened, I've been you know. I'm a thinker, and I stay up at night just thinking about all kinds of nonsense. But and and these are things that that keep me up. Like to say, what what could I have done? What? Because I think that we can't just hold our our leaders accountable. We can't just hold the mayor and you know chief of police. I think that when we get to this point where we're at Milwaukee, we as a society, as a community, we all failed, and we all have to hold ourselves accountable and saying what did we do wrong? What what could I have done that maybe would have impacted somebody else as opposed to, oh, the chief of police, they just aren't concentrating, or the mayor, hey, we'll put that money over here. Why don't you do this? We have to hold ourselves accountable. And I think that's where change starts is with just yourself. What can you do to help impact um and prevent this from happening? So um that's, and, and that's such a hard- Yeah, it is. You know, it's such a hard subject because Where do we begin? It's not
2: an easy solution, but there are things we can do. And one being awareness, right? Yes. Just bringing that awareness and helping people to know that it is. Because we have people who are very naive who think this could never happen to me or I don't live in this particular place or whatever. But there is no particular place. Right. It's all over the place. So it's, it's in every county in Wisconsin. So uh, when he asked the question, what can I do? What What would you say? Well, you took the first step today by being here. Yeah. So that's the first step.
3: And we're doing this and we're raising awareness right now. Like you started right now. Little do you know, like just being here, you yeah. helped. Um, yeah. We're doing awareness right now. Excellent. You know, so this is a step in the right place.
2: Right. Right. So when you, um, Nikki, you're covering up these tattoos. Yeah.
0: Are, I guess, they're all types of tattoos. Big, totally. small, yeah. medium. All of them. It's honestly, they vary so much. And it's really a case-by-case scenario, you know, as far as the actual subject matter of the tattoo or, you know, how intricate and how dark it is and all that good stuff. All of that kind of needs to be factored into when we're thinking about cover-ups and anything like that. Yeah. And there's no there's nothing
2: that says oh, I'm a tattoo from a sex trafficker, you would never know
1: unless never. somebody told you, right? You would never know.
2: And unless you have a barcode, you might think no. about that one.
3: It's, it's certain <laughs> little th- details. Like, it's certain little things that you could tell. Definitely. I mean, um, like a quote, um, how detailed that quote is, and it might have, like, an initial with his initial at the bottom of it instead of, like, saying, in God we trust or something. Um in a, in a little tweaks, in a little ways, you can tell the difference between a tattoo that, that vers- um, with somebody that was in the life versus someone out of the life. If, if I'm wrong, you guys please say no, something because no, I know you guys seen a ton of tattoos. Yeah,
0: I know you're absolutely and- correct.
3: And so it all—if you can really tell, like
2: you can. Yeah.
3: When can. I um,
0: worked with the Inner Beauty Center last year and Deann a little bit, she told me and kind of gave me some tips and hints of stuff to look for like that, um, and definitely, you know gave me a a brief rundown of certain ones in the area too that I can kind of be more aware of. And, you know, if I do see certain things coming in, just to let her know, you know, hey, I just saw this, I wasn't sure, you know, is this something that you've seen before? That sort of thing, you know. So that way we can be a little bit more aware of, you know, either them walking in to get it or Mm -hmm. them walking in to get it covered. Right, yeah. And I guess from Laura's
2: story, one of those things that you... That's kind of a telltale factor if you have two or three women walking in, wanting yeah. basically the same tattoo. Totally. That's possi- yeah. probably a telltale sign. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah.
3: Not, yeah. <laughs>
0: Not many people
3: going to get the exact same tattoos. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: I do a lot of, like, you know, family stuff yeah. and, you know, sister tattoos. But you can and- tell. Totally. There is a definite, like, you know look to any sort of sex trafficking or human trafficking um, tattoo, for sure. Right. For sure.
2: Okay. So, Juan, if someone comes through a reputable organization who is a sex traffic survivor, that that referral— is what you, you would need that as is far correct. as taking that tattoo off that and removing is it.
1: Yep. And uh, no questions asked, no price, there's nothing up front, nothing at the end. It is one hundred percent free. It's it's a free service that we at Laserfight are providing.
2: Does it take it all the way off?
1: It will take it all the way off. Um uh, everything is all dependent on you and your lifestyle. So um, a lot of people uh a lot of people have seen you know, uh, situations where the tattoo doesn't come off a hundred percent. Um, and they may have underlining health issues that prevent them from, uh, from getting a full treatment, uh, completely removed on that is that, uh, um, to understand what, uh, a tattoo removal is, um, you know, when, when you get down to the microscopic level of the ink, because to us, it's a liquid, you know, it's, it's wet and it's a liquid. Right. But when you get down to its microscopic level, it's actually a hard stone or a metal particle that's being shoved into your skin. So uh, for the rest of your life, your immune system is going to fight that tattoo. That's why you see the older tattoos and they look faded and old. Um, it's because your, your immune system is slowly but surely chipping away at that. So uh, you want to get rid of it. You introduce it to a pulse of energy, which is, um, uh, which is my laser. So then the laser looks for a target, uh, depending on what I put in. Um, it uh, it finds a target. It heats it up to 900 degrees, instantly shattering it to small particles that your immune system could remove. So if you have a healthy immune system and uh, you don't have any underlying health issues, you should be able to to have a full effective treatment.
2: Excellent. Excellent. All right. So we're out of time, but thank you. Thank you for coming in. I, I really appreciate it. Laura, I truly thank you for sharing your story owning your story and sharing it and helping other people nikki thanks for covering it up because someone did it for her and it brought joy to her life and Juan, you know just removing those tattoos is amazing and wanting to even though you have a business that you're trying to make revenue to be able to and willing to do that free for the survivors
1: is tremendous so uh,
2: what you guys are doing I say thank you. I really appreciate well, it.
1: You're welcome. And it is my pleasure.
2: Yeah. you welcome. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Thank you. So we have don- gone through another episode. And wow, this is good. I am so, so glad. It's so nice to do an episode where we're talking about solutions to a problem and taking away, covering up, removing tattoos. Um, that's a solution to a problem that... As Laura was saying, that, that's very freeing. So um, I'm very glad that everybody was here and able to come and talk about that. So if we said something that spoke to you, you want more information, please go to our website. It's simply www. The411live.org. You can get more information on this. You can check us out on Facebook, IGTV, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, go to Twitter. I want to also mention that we are a nonprofit organization. So we're trying to do a lot of things. We're trying to spread the word about sex trafficking. We're trying to give people a lot of resources. The docuseries that Laura is in, um, all of this takes money. And if you are so led to help us out, we would really appreciate it. Simply go to www.the411live.org and donate. Um, We will use your money responsibly. Believe me. (laughs) So thank you for joining us. This is The 411 Live. Real people, real talk. I'm Beverly Taylor. See you next time.